I want you to tell me that I'm a fucking pussy. It's the unofficial, unexpected, and unfiltered Canadian motocross race review featuring Ryan the Newf Lockhart and Ryan Galt with your host, Ken Ken. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Race Review Podcast. Uh, we're growing quickly and we're having a lot of fun doing this in the process. As usual, we have Noof and Galdi here to share their experience and their expertise on all things Canadian moto. Uh, for this one, we've changed up the format a little bit uh, to kind of reflect what we did last week a little more instead of just our uh, robotic slog through the top 10. We're just going to try and find the, the you know, 7 to 10 most important things that happened during the race in each class and we'll just talk about those. Uh, you guys can follow our Twitter account at CMX Unfiltered. That's at CMX Unfiltered. And you can also send us an email if you want to. Uh, our email address is cmxunfiltered at protonmail.com. And let us know what you think of the show. If you have any ideas, I would really like to get eventually at the end of the show, instead of uh, what we've been doing with our um, biggest surprise and biggest disappointment, maybe we'll keep that, maybe we won't. But I would really like to get some listener questions uh, for these guys to answer. So drop us a line if you have anything you want to say, if you have any questions, or if you have any comments. And without further ado, let's get into the podcast from Riverglade in Moncton, New Brunswick. Okay, so Galdi, uh, Keelan Mestin uh, was racing down in Washougal this weekend. He went 20-26 for 23rd overall. That's pretty good, hey? I'd say that's really good. I mean, uh, the 450 class might not be, I don't know, as deep, I guess, in the States. I mean, you know, Welton's getting 11s and 12s, 14s and stuff like that, but... Uh, you know, you got to give him props for that. He must have sold a bunch of T-shirts that he made it to that race. That's pretty cool. Uh, Noof, do you have anything to say about that, or is that pretty much good? Yeah, I think it was his goal, kind of, because he did he did the first couple right this year, and he he's done some over the past. But I think his goal was to score some points, and I mean, twenty is good. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, like in our little Canadian world, we always want to think our guys are maybe more capable and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, points good. Yeah, um, you got a point. It was cool that he went. I mean, it's not, he's been on a bit of a hybrid schedule, right? So it's not like he's, uh, you know, forced to go to any of these races and this and that. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, 20, 20 is good as point. I mean, that's more, what's more than a lot of us can say. What's next on his uh, list? Remember he posted something up there um, when he first kind of started the year of what he was going to do and stuff like that? What's next? He said maybe Walton. It's funny, funny story here. I met him. On literally on the side of the Trans Canada Highway, just past Calgary, because he forgot to give his transponder back at Drum or at Manitoba to the Thompsons, and he called me and said, "Hey, can you pick this transponder <laughs> up?" And I'm like, "If it doesn't cost me any amount of time, no problem." But I'm not going out of my way to get this fucking transponder. <laughs> so I had the transponder with me. So uh, he said, "Maybe Walton, maybe Walton," which seems kind of random, but. They're an awful device. An awful. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll hop right into the 250s here. Uh, Noof, I guess we'll start with you. So the the big news of the day right off the bat was uh, Piccolo is out and Marco Canell is out. That obviously yeah. sucks for the series. Uh, do you guys, you knew, knew first, is there any details on injuries? I know Piccolo was from his crash last week. I don't know anything about Marco's. Uh, yeah. what, do you, what do you know? Yeah, so I got I got a insi- little bit of insider info on both. Obviously, I was at Santa Lee last weekend at Galdi's uh, AMO uh, Provincial. That was yesterday. That was yesterday, not last weekend, yesterday. Oh, yeah, well, yesterday, yeah. I guess. You've already <laughs> forgotten about the best run series across the Canada. Uh, it was pretty good, but he fucking screwed me on the pay. There's no pay. <laughs> hey, Ken, if you want to win the lottery, you got to buy a ticket. You can't just get yeah. it for free, correct? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, talking to KT Kevin Tyler yesterday at uh, at MX One Hundred One. There, um, I guess Marco's got some kind of nagging elbow injury, and that's news to me. I didn't know about this. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, are we gonna? I don't. Galdi, do you think we will see him back? I, I it didn't. I didn't really get a good feeling from any of it. It was like I think uh, maybe the season's done. I, maybe I don't really maybe know. with. Without the word saying that, you know, we're going to 
you know, maybe call it. I, he didn't say those words, but I feel yeah. like that's where they're at. Like, it's, I don't think that they're going to finish the year. It hasn't gone planned. There's been a bit of rough outing under the tents. Uh-huh. A lot of friendly communication. Um, apparently at, at Gopher, uh, he left before the 450 moto was even done. Yeah. At the end of the day. So there's a bit of a, um, I don't know if it's an attitude adjustment or just something not bonding. And obviously he's not probably feeling good about the riding either and stuff like that. And we've kind of said it before, you know, everybody, we're all friends. We know each other. So it's, it's hard to say sort of negative things, but it's just, it's not, it's going. not working. It's, it's not, not working. It's just, it's just not working for him. And yeah. so I think this, this injury, cause it was, I believe it stemmed from the Walton get off. Oh, okay. Uh, right on that last lap, right. He had that big get off chasing Gibbs. And then um, I don't know if he crashed at Gopher and maybe did a little bit worse to it, but he battled Gopher, and then, yeah, I, you know, didn't even uh, – San Lee didn't go well, and then, yeah, they didn't even go this weekend. So, it's um, I, I think it's just a combination of a bunch of things, and, you know, bosses and riders uh, on there on those two steps aren't really seeing eye to eye, and and then there's a bit of an injury involved as well sort of things. But I think there's some outlining, um, you know, issues with, with the way that they're all getting along and the plan that was working. Yeah. It's not working. Like you said, it's not working. The Piccolo, the Piccolo situation is kind of a little bit of a question mark as well because obviously the rumor was coming into SDL there, you know, at the previous round that he had a big get-off during the week and blah, blah, blah. And then he obviously crashed his brains out in Moto2 while leading at Sandalee. And then uh, he finished the Moto. But then uh, I didn't, I mean, I didn't know any more of an injury um, as of what it was, but then... Uh, he was garbage in practice. I mean, he quali- or he practiced like 20th and this and that, and I uh, pulled out of the motos for Piccolo. And um, I asked uh, a KTM representative today at KTM, uh, I said, what's the deal with Piccolo? Oh, we got to get it assessed, blah, blah, blah. And then I heard later on in the day that uh, basically the Piccolo uh, Winnebago said, we're heading west, get in, we're leaving now. <laughs> so that's what I, that's what I, that's He's what gone. I heard. He's they done. just checked out. <laughs> That's what I heard. That they're heading. They're heading home. What do you mean? I, you, I don't you know. Heard it. You went to KTM today. That's fucking direct from their mouth or not? No, I didn't hear that from them. I heard that okay. from somebody else. No, I didn't hear that. What from in them. the fuck? Are we serious right now? I didn't hear that from KTM, but it sounds like he's got a broken hand. Is what it is. So okay. if that's the story. Then that's okay. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give it again. There's, I, in my opinion, if that's just like fucking load their motor up and going home, he's a champion. He should be at the yeah. race signing autographs, yeah. the product, talking about how amazing KTM is and Red Bull and everything like that. Because I got wind that on Friday night before the San Lee round, he was in the back of the motorhome having some fun with some girls. And it's on videotape. Uh, oh so <laughs> how serious things are or anything, and hey, I ain't one to talk. I've got lots of stories like that too back in my prime days, but he's at a different level. This number one play, I don't know. I don't, I don't like what you just said to me. And if I don't like that, but I don't know the whole story. Um, that, that kind of irks me. If that's the plan, just like, yep, yeah, let's go little boy. We're going home. I, I don't like that. You got a job to do still. If you're not right. You should be at the races, but maybe KTM made the decision too. And um, you know, but that's my opinion. I, I don't like, yeah, that. I, I don't know. Like I said, it sounded like that he needs to get his hand looked at by like a specialist, maybe not like a, a clean break displacement, something like that. He obviously was fighting the pain. Um, what I was told today from KTM is that he couldn't stand the pain. It was too much, and which is fair enough. Um, but at the same time, I do agree, and I don't know this for sure. This was third-hand information about them going home or second-hand information. Um, bro, you're the champion. You should stay, stick around, and like you said, golly, be there, especially TransCan and ECAN, too big. Uh, two of the biggest three races in Canada of the year, um, you should be there. 100%. Yeah. So, not and a good deal. Maybe let's talk about why is everything under the orange tent always so secret? Like, what are we doing over here, man? We ain't carrying cancer and shit. We're racing dirt bikes and stuff like that. Like, it bugs me when they put down the the rubber sheets or the covers there on the front of the tent. I always bug Matt Duroy. I'm like, dude, what? that's so unpersonal. You know, but, and then... Oh, well, races, no... Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, I just like, it just seems so secretive. It's just, I don't know, it's kind of odd to me. It is, but I think that, you know, if we look at all the teams that we have in Canada, they're really the only legitimate factory-ran team. So very American-like, I guess you could say, um, in a sense. point, yeah. Um, They are, it's directed right out of KTM Canada, KTM uh global whatever the hell you want to call it 
it's very corporate um, because it's ran directly from the factory where, you know, uh, GDR Honda, it's, it's a sub, it's a subcontract off Honda or whatever you want to call it. And the same as, yeah. you know, MX 101 Yamaha, like it's not, it's not directed right from the factory. I mean, those guys are getting their paychecks from KTM, not necessarily, uh, you know, GDR type of thing. And, right. So, and this is, this is news political way of trying to get a, a free KTM next year. Cause he was at this, he was at their office today. God, those, <laughs> those new 23s look good. And I was like, Oh my God. Try try to get me one too. I need one too. Okay, so I guess before we get into the the two uh, moto winners, uh, I think probably the biggest news of the the whole day was uh, Mitchell Harrison getting a flat tire in that first moto. Uh, I sent a tweet out right after it happened asking about mooses. I I honestly don't know anything about mooses. If I I bring a tube with me whenever I go, and if I have to change it, I have to change it. But um, Galdi, can you just tell me a little bit uh, what is a moose? How does it work? And why wasn't Mitchell Harrison running one? Uh, well, I, I knew could probably speak a little better because he's actually changed him and knows a little bit. But basically, a moose is something that you get rid of the air out of the out of the tube. Uh, okay. So you basically erase the chance of a flat or anything like that. But what you sacrifice with that is more of a flat tire feeling without a solid air pressure up against the inside of the tire. So the racers that are super technical, which I'm, I'm assuming probably Mitchell is probably one of those guys. And if he if he was the one that asked for the tube, then he maybe felt like again, I'm assuming no, it must have been a tube. Obviously, it wasn't it wasn't a problem with him. It was a tube that, that caused the problem. So it's uh, and Felix Lopez I think got a flat too, right? So he got yeah. a flat yeah. rear. He got a rear flat rear. Yeah. So if they're if they're you know the moose is is basically kills the the chance of that flat, but what it does is allow the carcass to be a little bit more floaty. As from what I gather and understand, that it doesn't really give a really solid grip or as solid grip as what a tube can do okay i uh, could control that air pressure kind of thing um but i mean when you're at this level and you go to moncton man you got to think the moose and again i'll let Noof kind of run on this and he does a little bit more information about it because he's done these things but at that track there are stones like shale rock coming out of it. it's hard packed you'd almost think that you have to have a moose but new said to me sunday morning he's like how do you not we were at the race together it's like, how does this guy not run a moose? I can't even believe it. And then he found out that McNabb wasn't running a moose. Yeah, in the front, front only. Right? Oh, front so, only. so the front, the front moose is a much more sensitive, um, sensitive feeling than the rear, right? So, I mean, think about riding your dirt bike with with tubes in, and you got you got only ten pounds in the back, and you only have ten pounds in the front. You feel that front a lot more than you do the rear, as far as the the wallowy washing kind of rolling of the tire feel right so that's what the moose in the front front feels like um most of the guys and i would even go back um as far as like that 250 class is like uh amiot gibbs uh all these guys they're running rear mooses for sure i don't i can't guarantee that all of them are running fronts because the front like i said is a much more sensitive thing yeah and I almost shit my pants because when when I found out that Harrison got a flat tire, the first thing I did, I messaged Diggs, was like, please, for the love of God, tell me that, that McNabb has a moose in the front. He's like, no, we took it out. He's running a tube. And I'm like, oh, my God, let's put it in. We got to put it in. So, of course, for Moto2, he runs the moose. McNabb, he doesn't even know feel the feeling that much because he's he's young and this and that but you can totally notice it because it it feels like you're riding a, a a front tire with about 10 11 psi in it okay and that's with a brand new one but man at that level like and they're doing it because they want to feel that you know extra little traction on the front but jesus man and and, and in mitchell's defense it's not like it's it wasn't like a, a move it was probably his call not to run it because yeah he's had the opportunity throughout his career star racing Husqvarna pro circuit yeah like this is a choice on hit on him for sure if he if he said I want a front moose you guarantee you that Alex Parker from Cobbequit's going to buy a front moose right Galdi like yeah there's oh, no there's no expense spared at this point so no, no. um I, I like I mean if you think about it this way okay so he you go to the second moto he gets the third McNabb was the fastest guy all the day uh, Natsuki was the second guy in that moto. McNabb killed it. He gets third. So let's say he goes 3 3. 
So what he ended up losing, right? It was a 20-point swing, basically, right? Or 21-point yeah. swing? Yeah, he got 15th so, in the first moto. Yeah, 21 or something. Yeah. It might have only been a 10-point swing mm-hmm. if he had this tire. Like, it, it, you're looking back on this now. It's, it's This could be a super costly error. But again, if we look at the way the points just swung, McNabb going in to go for dunes was down 20 points yep. to... And, and now he's up 20. There's been a 40-point swing in the last two weekends. Yeah. Like... And then, of course, now our number one place not even at the damn races. Like, it's insane, this clock. But it's almost like when that happened, when that flat tire thing happened, when me and Newt were watching it, I wanted to tweet out and everything like that, but the signal was bad. But I wanted to be saying, like, the, the championship balloon just got deflated as far as the the drama almost of it, right? Like, you know, they put the they put the 250 class second on the day and yeah. to try to keep this drama going, and then it was just kind of, like, imploded uh, with this with this literally a flat tire, a flat tire. Yeah, and, and honestly, like, it, sorry, it was a 21-point swing yesterday because, yeah, McNabb's yeah. 20 up and he was one down going into yeah. the weekend. So 21 points. And not to kind of get off topic here a little bit, Ken, but, like, <laughs> like McNabb, he he would have to have something catastrophic happen to him. Yeah. And these next – there's four motos left. Mm-hmm. And I know that I said even last week, like, when we were talking about Piccolo, it's like, oh, yeah, he's 20 down. And it can change because look what McNabb just did over the last three weekends. But with four motos to go, my my, I just feel like my my hope of a a, a one or two point final moto championship battle it, it's out the window at this point. Like it wouldn't surprise me if if Harrison wins this weekend coming up in Deschambeau, but I think that the worst that you're going to see McNabb even on a shitty moto coming from twentieth if his starts are shit. He's gonna get third, right? Yeah. Like I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think, you know, there would have to be a bike issue or a major crash. Um, the scary thing for me is, <laughs> I've been around it now for for three years. McNabb starts were good this weekend. Like, yeah. what the hell did he get? Whole shot, whole shot, yeah. Second yep. moto. That's his second whole shot ever in three years. Second, oh, really? Second one. <laughs> Maybe Dad Brad was dropping the gate, told him when to go. <laughs> yeah, he told him, told him when it was go. Go on three and a half. <laughs> yeah that's uh pretty pretty wild but uh, yeah i mean the deflation out of it was kind of yeah. kind of crazy and then i i was able to watch it and man that second moto he just annihilated him he got that start and it looked like it honestly to me when i was watching it you know i'm, I'm driving all over the road because i got it set up on my dash trying to watch this thing <laughs> and uh it looked like i watched him in like a super mini moto or an intermediate moto at walton just like <laughs> Got the whole shot and just gone. Just gone, checked yeah. out. Never never let anybody even see him. Yeah. And it was kind of cool, actually. Jack Wright, who sort of filled in for me, and, and Kyle was there this week doing the TV. He made a comment of, like, watch the laps. These first couple laps, he's going to lay it down so these guys can't see his lines, and then he's just going to be gone. And that's exactly Jack, what Jack Wright did the TV this weekend? Yeah, yeah he did a good job. Two photos and then got changed and, and did the TV in the booth with Kyle. Was he good, Ken? Yeah, I thought he was good. I mean, he's yeah, a like, rider, he but... Better than Galdi? Uh, I wouldn't say better than Galdi. Better than, uh, I don't know, better than, ha- they've been doing the same thing down south in the States. I'd say he was as good as probably most of the guys that have done it in the States. He knew oh, yeah. he knew what he was talking about. He knows all the guys. And yeah, he, totally, he, yeah. Yeah, he did. I thought he did a good job. He's a good kid. He's a good kid, right, Galdi? Yeah, no, real good kid. And I thought he did a good job. I, I, I like a little more excitement when yeah. I watch things but maybe that's just me because the way i like to do but i I thought they did a great job yeah there there was definitely lacking excitement it i missed galdi for sure but (laughs) i appreciate that ken you're you're, uh, i'll uh, afford you a nice uh, gift for that nice comment okay perfect nice (laughs) okay so let's talk about uh the two moto winners like i said so uh josiah natsky wins the first one and then as you guys said Ryder uh got the whole shot and took off in the second one so one two two one um it was pretty boring to watch, but uh, I guess new from a team's perspective, that's uh, exactly what you needed Ryder to do, eh? Yeah, for sure. And like we touched a little bit on, it. I mean, it was a, a banner day for Ryder, of course. I mean, it 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 worked out in his favor. Um, I thought, like personally, he was a bit flat in that first moto. I mean, Natsuki kind of kind of smoked him. I mean, yeah. with even Ryder had a good start, um, and and Josiah just kind of you know, a second here, half a second. And, and, you know, it kind of, and Ryder kind of matches times a little bit, but it was just kind of back and forth. But I feel like, and I don't know, cause I wasn't there and I wasn't on the radio and everything like that, but I kind of felt like 
Ryder knew what was going on, probably by Diggs's excitement on the side of the track <laughs> um, with the Harrison thing and, and this and that. But, dude, Moto2, like, McNabb broke Natsuki, which hasn't happened this year. Like, yep. Natsuki was in there off the start, and Ryder just kept throwing down and throwing down and throwing down. And and he, uh, Josiah just kind of looked like he, he just surrendered at the end, right? In which... Obviously, for him, the the moto wins for for Nasky are what what are what is important, um, not so much the points. But that was a big moto win. Like that was a big moto win in the circumstances. He's two overalls in a row. He's got three on the season, which is the most out of anybody. Um, and he's got a twenty point lead. Like I'll go back to two weeks ago when we said this. When Colton and I were yelling at McNabb after the first moto in Manitoba, I didn't. I didn't think that this was in him. Like what he just showed the last two weekends, yeah. supposedly when his shoulders all fucked up, um, he's got his shit together right now, man. And obviously from the team side, I'm happy, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going horseshoes are falling the right way right now. Yeah. Finally. Uh, so uh, Jeremy McKay got his first podium, uh, really good ride with uh, three, five moto scores. Uh, that's good to see. Hey, Goldie. Yeah. From my, uh, again, not being there the whole thing but man his second moto was good um his first moto was good too but his second moto was like uber important he kind of i didn't i was trying to do the points in my head as i'm driving watching it and it he when he was in seventh they were saying he still had third overall so he didn't need to move forward but then he still got i think he got uh fifth yeah and kerr um and so which was cool like it showed fight he was pushing it showed like what we all kind of guy has and it hasn't really kind of popped up that much yet um we've seen it at times right he got a third i believe it was at a walton moto maybe a couple years back um in one of the covid motos but yeah get on the kid and i wouldn't have thought that that would be the track where this is going to happen i would have thought it might have been this one this but um good on it was good to see from the tv obviously not being there I, I don't know what clicked but man it was he he showed some true grit and fight this weekend and uh and in fact he had amiot stuck in his wheel yeah you can just see, just right see on it in lap. on the TV. Probably, yeah. I didn't get a chance to look at the lap chart, but they were probably twelve and 15 somewhere back after that got sorted out. So um, yeah, good on him to go three five for third overall, and and uh, just good to see another different face up on the podium. And and I tell you, man, I, this two fifty class, if all these kids can kind of stick with it, and even if they get you know fifteenth one weekend and thirds, and but your McNabs and stuff are consistent, like there is a fucking deep group right now in this in this class and i just as a canadian super fan and the guy that loves the sport i really like the future of in moto with the top 10 12 13 kids in that 250 class carrying my flag right now i, I really am enjoying what i'm seeing out of a lot of them yeah so goldie you mentioned quinn amiot uh new that kind of sucks for him his first moto wasn't anything spectacular but he's kind of doing what he's been doing all year uh i think he got fifth if i'm not mistaken fifth, yeah. yeah 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 i think you got five in the first moto but uh man that sucks to to it, it was weird you could kind of just see it at the the tail end of the shot on the on the uh broadcast but you could definitely tell there was he was stuck in in his bike and then the camera switched away so um is there much you can say about that Noof? well i thought like take the take the second moto out of this what i'm gonna say here right now and this is not by any means shitting on Quinn, Quinn by any means, but he, Galdi and I were texting back and forth because we weren't parked together at the race this weekend. And, and when I was kind of, Galdi was busy working and I was watching the lap chart and the tweets and stuff. And I mean, if there was a moto where I thought Amiot was going to hit the podium, that was the first moto. Yep. Like he had Mackay and William Crete, which Jesus Christ, William Crete, like what an improvement over last year. I mean, he was good last year, but yeah, he's, he's much better this year. Um, I thought, like, based off of what we saw, the the the, the grit, the drive, everything um, in the West rounds and stuff, I'm like, oh, this is a this is an Amiot podium for sure. Here it is, right? So you take the Piccolo out of it. Racine wasn't like overly good this weekend. I'm like, Amiot's the third best guy today. He just couldn't seem to make it happen, and he kind of even lost a little bit of touch on on uh, on those guys at the at the end of that first moto and. Second moto, like I said, I'll be honest with you, I I was so focused on what was kind of going on in the the top three, I didn't I didn't realize because I didn't watch that that he had that. But it's got to be a bit of a bummer um, 
for for Quinn, I mean, he's fifth in points. Piccolo, we're assuming he's out. I mean, he's he's a few points back. He's uh, nine points, uh, no, ten or eleven, whatever points back of uh, Racine, which looks like Racine's kind of got the you know going to be the favorite for third in the championship. So um, yeah, kind of not a great day for Quinn, and I'm sure he wouldn't argue with that, regardless of what happened in the second moto. Hopefully, he's not hurt. Uh, and hopefully we see him this weekend at Deschambeau. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. yeah, he'll he'll get there for sure. And then yeah. Amiot's only 13. 13. 13, yeah, sorry. I couldn't do the math there. <laughs> okay, so another thing that went on that was on the broadcast, but we didn't get a whole lot of information, so I'm sure people who are listening are probably curious to see what you guys know, is that uh, Devin Smith-Tyler Gibbs crash. Uh, it sounds like I was poking around Twitter a little bit afterwards, and it sounds like they both ended up in the hospital. Uh Tyler Gibbs told uh, somebody that it was more precautionary. Uh, I don't know anything about Devin Smith. I know you're close with him, Noof. Uh, yeah. What do you What do you know about that, Noof? Well, I know that Gibbs has a has a broken T12 and oh, no. T4 in his back, um, as well as a muscle torn off in his shoulder or something like that. No surgery. Oh. Got released from the hospital last night um six to eight weeks i guess recovery time so obviously the the vertebrae that he broke aren't that uh aren't that severe but still a broken back i guess you could go quote unquote so that mm-hmm. really sucks and then devin smith uh he took the brunt of it by the sounds of it he finished the moto uh devin did oh, wow. and he got back to the trailer and started throwing up and complaining about extreme pain in the stomach so they loaded up, took him to the hospital, and he ended up going in for emergency surgery last night. Um, he had oh, a tear shit. in his bowel, oh, no. um, which is a really random injury, and they were concerned that he was going to go septic because obviously it was leaking fluid into his uh, abdominal yeah. area. So about a about a three-hour surgery and an eight-inch uh, eight scar. Um, they sewed him back up. And he's in the hospital for four days minimum in Moncton because they got to keep an eye on it and stuff like that. So yeah, he kind of got really fucked up considering he finished the moto. No but kidding. he's the he's the kind of kid like, and I've known him for a year. I've known him since he was on fifties. Like that kid doesn't complain about anything, and I've seen him eat shit and crash his brains out, and he doesn't complain. His ankle will be swollen. He doesn't complain, but so when he complains, you know that something's yeah. seriously wrong, and his parents know the same thing. So real bummer because he was having a good year, like. Honestly, things were kind of getting better. That would have been, he was running 11th when that happened. Yeah. Would have been his best moto of the year. He had his best qualifying, qualified 14th. And I felt like we were getting close to seeing little Debbie uh, hitting that 10th mark, which would have just been awesome for him and his family and stuff. But uh, anyways, you know, shit happens. They'll be back. They they (laughs) got got the passion and uh, um, they'll be back. He'll get healed up. And uh, yeah, all was what it is so was that section it it was hard to see the camera angles they had that must have been just a really fast section they they clipped or do, do you know anything about the actual crash well i asked i asked about the crash and and it it just sounded like a weird one that that devin went inside and gibbs went outside and they kind of just hooked uh i guess either gibbs's front wheel caught on devin's foot peg or vice versa um that's a new section of the track where they crashed so i'm not overly familiar with it um but obviously i think devin took a a handlebar to the stomach of course or the lower abdominal area um i haven't got the gibbs side yet i mean there's always two sides to every crash but uh either way really shitty because the 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 worst part is is they're 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 buddies right like they're they're (laughs) both from mission bc like they literally live in the same town and they both are a fucking out for the year. So that's that sucks. That really sucks, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Galdi, so there's two two guys that I think should probably be talked about. We I think we've done Noof a couple times in a row here, so I'll let you do both of them. So uh, William Crate, 4'8", the uh, fifth overall I think he got, so top five, that's pretty awesome. And then Wyatt Kerr, it seemed like, had a... When you look at the results, they weren't anything really special compared to what he's been doing. But we saw him a lot on TV, and it looked like he was fighting or he's battling a lot. What do you think of those two guys, Galdi? Uh, I, I love what I've seen out of both of them. Obviously, it's always cool that you get like a little injection if we're talking about William Crate. The kid comes out, he whole shots three motos in a row, right? He whole shot the first moto on this weekend and the last two, or the two last weekend in San Luis. And he's going fast. He got fourth in that first moto. Hey, maybe he bought a Natsuki big bore. 
Oh yeah, typical <laughs> <laughs> Canadian uh, social network fun with all the big boy on Natsuki. Yeah. Um, I, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry to interrupt you there, but that's funny. No, that's okay. There was a rumor in the pits. Yeah, that Natsuki had a big boy, and then of course Canadian memes and and funny stuff. Like I don't know. I feel like sometimes we're a tad on the immature side with stuff like that, but whatever. But anyway, back to William Crate. He uh, he's fitting in great. I, it's almost like you'd want a kid like that to do the whole series because. Him and Wyatt Kerr are almost a very similar uh, situation. They just kind of got, you know, self-sponsors, and they're not factory guys under tents, and they do it all on their own. So it's cool to see. I always like those stories. They're all, it's all heart for Wyatt Kerr, and, and I feel like it's a very similar thing with, with Crate. Um, but uh, I, I thought Kerr, like, uh, you got to be a little bummed for the kid. Like, it had to be 22 minutes. He held off Racine and Benick, and yeah. then – uh, Makai comes through and gets, and, and then Makai and Racine both come through and get him with that uh, maybe three laps to go. So yeah, it was, it was um, yeah, he was fighting. It was good. He was holding that main line, and he was he was making it work and everything. But he just made a little bobble near the end there, and Racine got him, and then Makai got him uh, pretty quickly as well. But he showed fight, showed grit, and um, I think with. I don't think it's a support thing. I think his bikes are good, stuff like that. But, I mean, I, I think if he was able to have a little bit easier of a program, I think you'd see Wyatt be able to move ahead a little bit more. Like, he could probably be a bit more consistent with, like, a guy like a Racine and maybe an Amiot in that sense next year. Okay. He's a big, strong, burly kid. Um, and same with Crate. I think if there if there was a, a solid commitment to do the entire series with a bit of support, I feel like he could be – pretty good in there as well i don't i don't think neither one of them are going to be a championship contender in the next year or even two years but i feel that they, they could go up each year like there wouldn't be a step yep. backwards with the way that i see them ride and the toughness and grit that they look like they have when they're on the track okay so let's uh hop into the 450s here uh dylan well, right hold on i want to give a shout out yep. we got to talk about the top intermediate and we haven't gave him any love yet and he's been pretty consistent that Clayton Schmucky, is that his name? Oh, yeah. Schmucky? Yeah. 12-12. Yeah. 12, 12, 12. Alberta, 5-15. That's right. Good job. Yeah, good poll. Good poll move. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm here for the fans. You know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> no, I thought – so I've watched this kid. So I'll tell you uh, – not to drag this thing out because I know we said 45 minutes, but Kamloops uh, Future West Provincial, first one, I saw this kid, KTM 515. I was like, who the fuck's this guy? He's pretty good. He's been getting better and better and better, and I got a little bit of back history on him. They're just kind of grinding it out on the road, him and his dad, and I think his mom comes in on the weekends and stuff like that. But 12-12, man, pretty good on the on the weekend. He would have been the top intermediate by far yeah. Um, yeah. with with Devin going out. I've, him and Devin Smith are kind of like literally, if you want, looked at the motos, they kind of go back and forth. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just a little bit of love for uh, Clayton Schmucky. Uh, yeah. Okay, so like I said, 450s. Uh, so Dylan Wright crashed during the week and uh, broke his rib, one rib or, or multiple ribs. I, he didn't really make one. it clear. Just one. Okay, just one. So I guess when it comes to that, the 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 thing it really brought into my head was how how catastrophic it would have been if that was not a rib and it was a leg or a broken arm or something like that. It just kind of reminds me even how dominant he is. Or shit can happen. Yeah, or even a collarbone. Yeah. Right? yeah. So Nuf, you go ahead. What do you think of that? Yeah, I I heard I I had heard because obviously I'm originally from the East Coast and and my brother was there riding on the Thursday when they had the practice and he messaged me and goes oh my God my buddy just came up and told me that Dylan had a huge crash right in front of him and just fucking augured into the ground I'm like what so obviously then I started calling the team side of things and yeah he crashed he's okay sore blah blah blah. Well, he ended up going to the hospital the next day, and he got a broken rib, like literally clean right off. Oh, no. Um, And I guess it's pretty low in the rib cage, which Dylan seems to think is better if he's going to break a rib. I don't think breaking breaking any rib is is good. Um, And, yeah, so he went and got a bunch of therapy and fuck whatever you want to, you know, laser treatment and shit on it on, uh, on Friday. And I just said, like, I talked to Derek Schuster basically two or three times a day, and I just said, like, he, he, this won't even, like, it will affect him, but he'll, he'll power through. And he literally did that. And his first moto, 
I wouldn't say was like outstanding because you know he only beat T Dags by what was it Galdi at the end like six seconds or something like that, yeah. which is probably the smallest margin of the year. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the second moto was like twelve or sixteen, which once again was probably the second smallest margin of the year. Um, but he literally. <laughs> I'll tell you some insider stuff. He 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 wanted Derek shoes. Derek was the only. Uh, I wasn't there this weekend, and Colton Prosciotti wasn't there. And he comes up to he comes up. Dylan comes up to Derek on on Saturday or Sunday morning and says, "Listen, I'm pretty sore. This is going to be a really tough day. I want you to tell me that I'm a fucking pussy before the first moto. Like, tell me I'm a pussy and tell me I can't do this because I just need some sort of motivation to get through this." And once again, does that work? A one-one in qualified, two and a half seconds left faster than everybody. Right? Like he's he's a robot right now. He's a- I, I don't even. I think he could win with a cast on his wrist right now. Like like Ken just said, if he breaks his wrist, well, he just go to the fucking hospital and put a cast on. You. He'll go race, Travis yeah. Pastrana style. That be the best brace you got, Noof. Yeah. I he I I, I mean he. If this rib isn't stopping him, like, what's next? I mean, yeah, femur, uh, something along those lines. But, I mean, and he rode two smart motos. Like I said, he they were the smallest win, victory, win victories. And he didn't get in the lead in that first moto until, what, about halfway or just a little bit before halfway. But um, if he was going to lose a moto, I thought this weekend was the one. And I had said that before with Walton with the sprints and this and that, but... The guy's a fucking machine right now. And yeah. clearly not a pussy. Clearly not. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think T-Dags was kind of a little beat up from last weekend. Um, so, Galdi, T-Dags brought up on the podium interview that at some point in the first moto, he, he was sitting down when he shouldn't have been, and the seat kind of kicked him in the butt, and it kind of shot him in the back a little bit, and he was having a hard time. I looked through the lap times. I, there was one lap where he was kind of – maybe a half, a second off something like that it didn't seem like terrible i think more than anything chris blackmore was riding really good but what do you think of uh tdeg's weird kind of little middle of that first moto there goldie well i mean unfortunately for the guy he's got about two and a two and a half foot long legs so from the peg to the seats not very much room there so it's probably been bucking his ass all year long and he just didn't <laughs> make on that one but <laughs> yeah yeah i i it, the first moto was definitely one of those off ones or sort of like the um uh, what was the first? I think it was uh, Manitoba, maybe, right? When he said he pumped up or something and it took him a while to go. And I think that was yeah. the moto. But he had yeah. a moto similar to that er- earlier in the year there. And and it just looked like he just couldn't get going, couldn't find a flow, and he was fighting it. But like you said, Blackmere was riding really good. And um, uh, so he kind of was able to kind of get in the way and kind of cause some havoc. And, and, I, and I don't think T-Dags has really been around Blackmere that much. So I think he was a little uncertain of where he could go and where he might be comfortable to go. And yeah. and that kind of if you saw a lot of stuff that Blackmere was doing, the one time that T Dex passes him or gets really close, he did a, a full chop down. Like came down and chopped him down he on the corner. That. Almost what happened with the Dylan incident at Santa Lee. And then he did that to uh it might have been Moff maybe or or maybe it was Dylan. But he's got a very good defense on him. And I think that maybe that threw it, it shook Tyler a little bit and he was a little uncertain of how to kind of, you know make sure use his lines against the kid because he hasn't really raced with that kid all year long but um yeah first moto is a little off but again the end of the day same old song and dance one one for dylan and two two tyler so sore back broken rib doesn't matter doesn't fucking fucking matter right now one two for the boys (laughs) okay new uh blackmore like i said had a he was that first moto especially was really good i think he had the fastest lap time in moto one uh which is awesome for him uh he led for a little bit so that's a really good moto I don't know what happened in the second moto, though. He started fourth and then uh, kind of ran like the 217s for the first six or so laps, but then fell off. I don't know. Did you guys hear anything about that? Was it, I, I, from what I heard, it's pretty hot there. I don't know, maybe residuals from uh, last weekend's uh, dinger that he got. My, my better question is, and this is a fault of mine and news, I should have texted Kinger and Daryl, like, the protocol is that he's supposed to have a letter to ride. Like, he was riding on the Thursday at, at, at Moncton. So... Like, yeah. with a head injury, there's a protocol with it and stuff like that. Obviously, they did it, and or, it, you know, he wouldn't have been on the ride. There's no slipperiness to it. Um, but first moto was unbelievable. It was like nothing ever happened. Then, yeah, second moto, it had to be something of that because the fade and the, and the way that he went backwards was not indicative of what he did in moto number one. So there was something seriously wrong 
And yeah. I have to say it was more body-mind uh, from that because everybody yeah. was fine. I think he was probably smoked after that first moto, right? So yeah, I mean, working hard. He had his best moto of the year. So you guys tell me this. I'll let Ken see if he can answer. Galdi, you'll probably know right off the get-go. What's the common denominator that Black Mirror has going? So he said, what are what are his two best rounds? So Moncton and Kamloops are yeah. Black Mirror's two best rounds of the year. What did he do at those two rounds that have led to his best result on Sunday? Go ahead. Well, I don't know because I Kamloops was my first race for MXP and I was just running around like an idiot. I actually didn't watch a whole lot of the racing. Do you know the, do you know Galdi? All shot. No, he rode the amateur week at at Walton or at sorry, Kamloops. He fucking rode the amateur day on Saturday at Riverglade. What class? So he's just learning youth. the tracks, maybe. Youth. There was a youth pro class. A youth, uh, yeah, under 30, they call it still, I think, okay. in the Maritimes. So he raced. I wouldn't have known that, yeah. Well, yeah, I, so. I knew. If you're really true, it's a fucking goofy question. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I thought you'd pay more, more attention. They actually that. did but bring yeah, that he, up on the broadcast. He, he went out and he raced because I was, like, looking on Twitter and stuff, and Billy from DMX was like, oh, Black Mirror ra- rode on Thursday, but he's going to take it easy. Or, sorry, yeah, take it easy he's still a question mark and then my brother messaged me because my brother raced the same class he's like who's number 177 on a gas gas steve sims bike and i'm like that's black mirror (laughs) because he went out and he demolished them but then stopped at the finish line to let all the guys because it was a provincial for the maritimes it wasn't like a a standalone race and he let all the points guys go by, and it fucked the finish line guy up, and they ended up doing an extra lap because they didn't know what was going on because <laughs> Black Mirror stopped. Um, it's very Canadian. But yeah, he raced, and he, I don't know, I just kind of, that popped in my head that his two best rounds had been Kamloops and Riverglade. Why the hell did he run 177? His number's 573. Well, that's Bobbershef's number. He's riding the Bobbershef bike. Fucking, that's just all weird under that tent sometimes. That is very weird, yeah. <laughs> like, why, but okay. <laughs> But it seemed to work out. Yeah, like he had his probably his second best day of the of the year. So yeah. Uh, okay, so Mitch Cook in eighth, nine seven. He went. Uh, you guys talked about him on the preview podcast. I remember that uh, last year. I kind of followed loosely. You guys have probably been able to tell. I'm kind of learning as I go here. I I did watch the races, but kind of on my own time and and not. Uh, I wasn't taking notes or anything like that. I know a little bit about Mitch Cook, but Galdi, what? Why don't you just tell me everything you know about him? Um, very talented, super skilled on a bike. Um, He's an older guy, right? He could almost make his MO was like my career. Just never really seemed to put an, all, enough effort into what you know the the talent that he had, kind of thing. And and then now he has he's got a very successful business. He's got family. He's all grown up, and then he just likes to ride for fun, and he likes to come out to uh, the worst roosted tracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And last year he came to Walton, but um, he just likes, you know, he still got that itch, you know, like uh, some guys just like having that itch once to come out. And I, I read his Facebook post. I'm not close enough to him where I text him or stuff to get answers, but he just said he couldn't find the flow and he never really got going uh, during the whole day. And I don't really, I mean, he did get that one win Newf back in 2005 when he's on the Blackfoot bike, but he's never really shined at Moncton. It's never really been a shining moment in his, his track. I, you know, even though it was the local one and stuff like that for him, but uh it's just cool to see guys do that. I'm sure he had fun, and the fans probably love it. He, probably he didn't. He didn't have fun. He didn't have fun at all. Okay, well, I'm sure he threw some unbelievable whips. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, well, if he didn't have fun, why the fuck did he do it? Well, he said, I listened to uh, I listened to another interview that he did. Um, actually, last night or this morning, whatever it was. And he said the same thing what his Facebook post said, but he said, man, like, he went he did Walton last year, and, like, Walton was kind of fun. I mean, he went – did he go 7-7 seven, seven at Walton last year? Uh, I think he got a 6 in the one moto, actually. 6-7-6 seven. Seven, seven, or whatever. And I would say that the field was arguably maybe a little bit tougher last year than it was this year. And, like I said, like what you said, he didn't have the flow, but he said, man, I just didn't really have that much fun. Like, the track wasn't fun for me. I didn't feel good. Uh, it just – you know, and – it wasn't it wasn't fun basically and and a guy at his age he's 30 he'll be 39 years old come september he's a year older than me yeah um these guys do it for fun right like it's it's supposed to be enjoyable so he said like because i think the plan was for him to do deschambeau and walton so the last three um 
he said, I'm not sure, man, if I'm going to Deschambeau. He goes, I like Walton, but I'm just not sure because I didn't really enjoy myself that much. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess he's in a position where he can do that. I mean, it's just a part-time gig and obviously representing the gas gas probably good team on the east coast but uh it didn't sound like he he loved his time which i mean who who would ride in eighth place get i mean eighth is still unbelievable like it's a really good ride for a guy that basically rides part-time and and rides for fun but eating that fucking shitty roof like i don't i don't know how much enjoyable how enjoyable it'd be other than the jumps this week and the track did not look fun at all no they said it was really like slot car uh because i think they put so much water on it and i so at the campground here golly i ran into uh uh brendan mckee's dad when we were doing laundry oh and he said i said how was the weekend and he's like very interesting and i'm like well what do you what do you mean because it was their first time there and he said you know the track was fun and you know it was good but like they struck it was 40 degrees out there this weekend which is uncommon for for the maritimes it's never normally that hot so they're a major heat wave and they had a massive amateur turnout on saturday which obviously doesn't help their prep for sunday so i think they got into a bit of a water situation and dust and this and that but uh he said (laughs) He said, like, right before the second uh, 450 moto, they just, like, soaked the track. Like, it was a full mutter. Like, remember in the old days when we used to go to Moncton and the, the first 250 moto was just, yeah. like, it like it looked like it had rained for two weeks, but it actually was sunny and 40 degrees or 20 degrees out or whatever. Yeah. Um, he said even the ruts on the start line, like the rut that you line up in, was full of water. Yeah. Because they just, they just watered so much, and then they – they tried to till it and, and this and that, and they, they, you know, they had their hands full considering the conditions they gave, but, uh, it probably wasn't the best Moncton track unless you did well. Like if you were a Dylan Ryder or Ryder McNabb or, or whatnot, but, uh, yeah, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, okay. Uh, so T Perot showed up again. I'm not going to say it, but you guys can, if you want Uh, (laughs) the bird man, you claim that you claim that name. Yeah, buds. I know, but if you beat it up too much, then it, it's you, you got to let it sit a little bit and then it'll catch on. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he came back after I heard a broken leg, right? Of some kind, like or, or ankle or something like that. I think it's sprained. Yeah, oh. like it's sprained, swollen ankle. I thought they said thing. on one of the broadcasts it was broken, but anyways, obviously it wasn't because he's back this weekend and it went 10 yeah. 10 for ninth. So, um, 10-10. Awesome. Good, good, good job on him to come back. It's a shame he had to miss around or he'd be way up there in the points. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. Shit. yeah. And then uh, Tanner Ward, five, four for fourth. Uh, we're kind of saying the same thing every weekend about Tanner. Like he wants to be higher up. He wants to be up there battling with those front guys. He's not doing terrible, but it's not probably what he wants. Is it new? I don't think he's getting himself in good situations. He doesn't seem to get in good starts right now. He's kind of yeah. battling with guys. Maybe he's not comfortable with. And then I like you were just talking about the track. I bet you if you're in, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth place, you're just covered in mud after a couple laps kind of thing, right? So he was probably just running through tear-offs, trying to find lines and kind of chasing the track rather than racing the track kind of thing. So yeah. um, it just didn't – it just it, it, he's, so, he's having amazing finishes rookie year, but I know he, he wants more and you think he should have more and all that good stuff, so. Uh, and, Kay, the last guy I wanted to talk about was Moff. Uh, he had a good ride. That's kind of where he's been around. He's not – he can ride with T-Dags, but he's, T-Dags has gotten the better of him more than he's gotten the better of T-Dags. Uh, one thing on the preview podcast you guys did with uh, Steve Mathis, you guys mentioned that he was pretty much ready to hang things up, and then there's a thing on the broadcast where he kind of goes into that in more detail. Um, what do you guys think? Noof, we'll start with you. Is this year, has he done enough to where he's going to come back next year and, and be happy with how he rode this year and think that's something that he needs to do is come back and ride next year? I mean, that's a, it's a tough question based on the situation of what we're dealing with, with the guys that are lining up. I, there's no question that he's riding well. Is it the best moth we've ever seen? I, I mean, that's, that would be the argument. Yeah. Um, I mean, does his deal get better with MX 101? Does the money go up because he finished third in the series? I don't think so. Like I just, I just don't see, you know, it's not like, you know, he's at a point where, okay, he's going to finish third in the series this year. Um, it, it, I, I don't think you need to be a rocket science to, scientist to say, 
yeah, he finished third this year. He's, he, you know, he's got a chance at the title next year. Like, I don't think that that's really the case. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know what he does. I mean, I, I, I think he's enjoying it a little bit more. Of course, when you're on the podium, regardless of the guys that you're lining up with, and that's no yeah. knock to anybody in the series. I mean, you got to be there to, to get the results, but like being on the podium is fun and it's probably enjoyable and he's getting some bonus money and, and this and that. Um, I, I would expect to see him around again next year. Um, his wife's got a banger job and, and, and she does really well. And obviously Sean's making some money and I would expect that this year was uh, something, you know, if he finishes third in the series and he's got a shitload of podiums that, yeah, he continues on. Um, I don't know, Galdi. Do you think anything different? But I, I think he goes another year for sure. I mean, if it was a year oh. like last year where he got hurt, I mean, he did get hurt this year. Yeah. When he came back, he bounced back. But um, I expect to see him around another year. Why not? You finished third in the series and you made a little bit of money, and it was somewhat enjoyable. Go for it. KT said that he has already signed for next year. Basically, not oh. signed, but it's, he's like, yeah, he's got to come back. It's a done deal. That's he's the okay. staple that he. Wants to use him as a guy. Hey, solid, right? Kyle, Kyle Jones and then Ben Rosina, they got along and stuff like that. But what happens if Dylan leaves? Yeah, that's I what mean, I was thinking. I'm waiting for that. If all this Dylan talk, and we all know what we talked to Dylan, he'd love to leave. He'd love to go somewhere else. If he leaves, the two guys with the bullseye on him are Sean Moffman and Tyler Medaya. Yep. So, you know, get some massages and Advils out, boys. We got plus 30 boys going for the championship next year. Who does Diggs hire if Dylan leaves? Like, he's. Besides Alessi, he's never had an American on his team. Well, in in the recent years, obviously he had uh, Blake Savage and and stuff like that. But who does he hire? Who does Diggs get to take yeah, that spot? The, the pool up here to beat Tyler and Moff is not that deep. Tanner likely has a has a, a job. Um, you know, maybe could Daniel Elmore move up and become that guy? I don't know. Like you're you're going to leave a, a maybe a, a perfect season or a definite championship on the line to take a seventh place kid to try to fill that role or. I don't know. That's a big question. Or maybe you go after Canella. Or maybe yeah, uh, I thought Canella. Maybe as much Canella, as we, um, we shit on him a little bit, but maybe Canella's that guy. He just needs a different atmosphere, a different happen, program yeah. type of thing. I don't know. It gets along with uh, Fasciati really well. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's going to be a big question for the Canadian side of things. And, I mean, rumor is, too, like we talked to, we talked to Brad and Ryder, and, like, they want to go to the States. Yeah. They want to take Ryder to the States. So if he wins this championship – he could be gone. So yeah, Diggs wow. could have two number one plates saying goodbye for next year. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Ryder has – obviously he's young enough to come back in a couple of years. So that's fine if they can afford to do it and go, you know, chase the American dream and all that kind of stuff. And that's what they want to do. That's what they want to go. That's cool. And so anyway, that, 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 there's some, some interesting questions revolving those two guys in the in the next two weeks, man. Okay. So let's um... – Let's just skip the biggest surprise and biggest disappointment. I did the interview or the uh, intro before you guys got here and I put our uh, Twitter handle and our email address up there. I think instead of the biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, I want people who are listening to send us questions and that's how we'll end our podcast from now on. But we're 56 minutes in here now. So I guess uh, I'll just say thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you to you two for uh, coming and talking and and, uh, filling us all in on what you think. And uh, we'll see you, I guess, next weekend. Yeah, Deschambeau, Deschambeau, man. Deschambeau, yeah. We'll dial it. yeah. I'm getting stared at by my wife, giving me the middle finger, and Noose wife is saying, make my fucking steak, Ryan. Yeah, I just <laughs> went in the trailer and got the steaks. <laughs> okay. Awesome, boys. Good times again, man. Okay, perfect. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, Bye. boys. See ya. Yep, see ya.